The Emperor's made a critical error and the time for our attack has come. The data brought to us by the Botham spies pinpoint the exact location of the Emperor's new battle station. We also know that the weapon systems of this Death Star are not yet operational. With the Imperial fleet spread throughout the galaxy in a vain effort to engage us, it is relatively unprotected. But most important of all, we've learned that the Emperor himself is personally overseeing the final stages of the construction of this Death Star. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 436, Most Honorable Bothan. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Anakin Skywalker and Grandmaster Yoda to my Obi-Wan Kenobi, we've got Carl Leclerc and Riley Blanton. Well, how? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, Riley, Master Yoda, Grand Master Yoda, so good to have you back in the Wampus Lair, my friend. Well, greetings, gents. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Oh. Thanks for thanks for coming on. It's been too long. It's been a long time, a long time. Now that's a name I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, it has. It has. It's been a while, but I always love coming on the Wampus Lair uh, podcast. It's always a good time. It's so it's so fun to have you on. And for anybody who might be a relatively new listener, um, if you don't know who Riley Blanton is, you're going to get to know him a little bit in this episode. Uh, but first and foremost, Riley is the creator of the Star Wars Report Network, which we are, of course, a part of. Um, so, Riley, you've been doing Star Wars podcasting longer than almost anybody else who's still doing Star Wars podcasting. Um, I think there might be two or three folks who've been doing it as long or maybe slightly longer than you. Uh, you are you are a dynamo. You are a force um, for good in the Star Wars yeah, podcast. I dynamo. I thought you were going to say dinosaur. For <laughs> <laughs> well, in some ways, right? Like you are a dinosaur of Star Wars podcast today, just like we are. Um, so I'm so excited. You guys are, that mantle belongs to you guys as well, because we are all a part of this, um, this collective of, of what I guess is now early Star Wars podcasting that began before the Disney purchase uh, mm-hmm. of Lucasfilm. Yes. And, and I think that's a big deal. That's a very small fraternity of, of, of shows. Um, and I, I, it's kind of, I kind of like, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it some on the show today, but I, I like the, um, that is a community, uh, amongst which I'm pretty happy to be. It's yeah, it's such a great, um, there's, there's so few of us left, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Um, and you know, you really pay, I'm not the, helping things. Am I? No, 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 not at all. You, you definitely are. I mean, I think it's, it's great to have you here cause you know, as you start to wind down the Star Wars report um, and step into step into a new path in life, which is just wild to think about. 
Um, we really wanted to get you on to talk, uh, you know, just talk a bit about your journey as a Star Wars podcast host and all of that stuff. Um, but Riley, before we get into talking about the history of Star Wars podcasts in a sense, and and most specifically your story as a Star Wars podcaster, um, we had a matchup, a pretty iconic matchup from our last episode where we asked everybody who was their favorite classic duo, R2-D2 and C-3PO or Han Solo and Chewbacca. Okay. And Jason, what did, the numbers Ooh. came in pretty strong. What did they have to say? Can I guess? They yeah, they, Riley, go uh, ahead. Please guess. guess. Yes. I feel like so. I, I feel like the cl- the obvious answer is R two and three PO. Ooh. And and, think- and that. It, but I but I feel like maybe people don't go the obvious way because um, Chewbacca and Han Solo I think are the the soul of of the original movie in a way that three PO and R two aren't. But that's a separate discussion. <laughs> well, uh, I mean. <laughs> I, I know how I went, and uh, it's probably no surprise to either of you on this podcast. However, the uh, the Larians, the our listeners that responded to our poll on Instagram and Twitter, um, came in pretty significantly. I thought this was going to be closer. It was not. Um, but Han and Chewie came in with 54 votes, R2 and 3PO, 24. So, hey, no way. Way. <laughs> there, there is. Yeah. Well, that's I, well. Maybe I I shouldn't have second guessed myself. I think um, I'm glad I stuck. I'm sticking to my guns. That's that one makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, I th- I thought well, it would be closer, but I'm not surprised Han and Chewie won. Yeah, they're just they're so more Carl, exciting uh, characters. Tell us why you vote? Tell us where you voted. Which Han and Chewie you voted for, Carl? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that was kind of the point, right? Like it was pretty obvious where Jason and I land with this. So, um, yeah. But yeah, interesting well, it's to because see. in the structure of the original Star Wars, if you're talking about the classic duo, while the obvious answer to some might be R2 and 3PO, they're sort of the they're the comedic relief characters, like just like the um, the old Japanese film, The Hidden Fortress, had like a similar sort of comedic relief duo that you kind of see the story through their eyes a little bit. But as far as like the soul of the story, like the what connects us as viewers to the craziness that is Star Wars and that original film, that's Han and Chewie. Yeah. 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 So which, you know, Carl obviously voted for Han and Chewie. I voted for R2 and 3PO. So, Riley, which, which is your favorite duo? Doesn't oh, have to be. Yeah. Yeah, for me personally, yeah, it's got to be it's got to be Han and Chewie. And it's and it's because for that very reason. Mm. Um, and, and the threat. And I think so. And R2 and 3PO are, are sort of the iconic duo because I think of a lot of merchandising and they're sort of the characters I think that kids kind of connect to a little bit more. And so I think we visually think when you think of dynamic duo, star Wars go, I feel like if everyone had to do like an immediate response, it would be R2 and 3PO. But, um, I just love, just love how, how Chewie and Han are, are connected and not force users. And they're just trying to like make ends meet and just journey through the galaxy together um yeah it makes it just makes sense to me <laughs> fair enough which gives us a final tally of 56 for han and chewy and 25 for r2 and 3po so uh thank you everyone so much who responded to our matchup we really do appreciate it although i am slightly disappointed in you for not voting for r2 and 3po no just kidding just kidding just kidding <laughs> um but yeah that was that was a really fun matchup and 
it was one that when we set it up, everyone knew where Carl and I were going to stand. So it was not, that was not a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks. Thanks everyone. Like Jason said, for, for participating. And at the end of the episode, Riley's got a fun poll for us for next episode. I so I'm excited. Um, yeah. Riley's bringing some prequel love and that's all, that's all I'll say. And I, and I love Man. it. We're always here. For Amen, it. brother. Um, so Riley, before we dive into the the crux of the conversation here, it's been a long time since we've had a guest that hasn't been like my friend Greg has been on a bunch in the last couple of months, so I don't consider him a, a new guest anymore. Um, no shade at Greg, I love him, but he's been regular enough that he's not new. Um, it's Riley. I don't think you've been on the show in a good three to five years, easy. Um, it's- it's been, a, it, it's been a hot it's, second. Yeah, it's been a minute. So it's, it's an embarrassing amount of time. Let's be honest. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And so for that purpose, you know, one of the things I used to love doing when we'd have a new guest on is just I would ask them a couple quick Star Wars questions just so we as okay. new listeners can get a little sense of who, you know, how do you how do you love Star Wars? What are the things you love? So, Riley, question number one, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? Let's see. Favorite Star Wars movie has changed over the years. Ooh. Um, but uh, my favorite has kind of landed comfortably on uh, Empire Strikes Back. Solid um, which is a Which is a boring answer because that's a very classic traditional answer. <laughs> However, for many, many years, my favorite was um, Revenge of the Sith. That's what I thought. Uh, yeah. Clearly, like all throughout my teenage years, early Star Wars fandom, when I was first getting into it, Revenge of the Sith was my jam. And I think it just as I've I've gotten older and I've appreciated for Empire more and more for all of the obvious reasons. Um, uh, but even even then, so I think I've appreciated the original more and more. So I think it's if you asked me today and I were to rank the films top three because we won't do all of them, it'd probably be uh, Empire. Close second would be the original, A New Hope, and then Revenge of the Sith would have to have to jump in at number three now those are that's that, that's kind of where i land i love it that's great and you like even even more so than jason were very much a child of the prequels right because those were those were the yeah. first ones you saw in theaters right true story not even in theaters but the very first uh star wars movie i ever saw was a the vhs edition of the phantom menace Classic. famously split in two parts um because yeah. It had gotten late enough for my dad getting back to work. He was the one watching it with us. Uh, it was like a family affair. So um, when finally like we could gather, because watching, there's certain films that are like family affairs when, because I'm the youngest of six kids. Ah. So like as each kid got old enough, quote unquote, to watch Star Wars, which is when my parents determined that, that we could appreciate the story. Which I still to this day don't fully understand what that means. I think it meant, <laughs> I think it meant that I I think my parents knew Star Wars was special enough to where they wanted to sort of like identify the the big pillars of the hero's journey. That 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 if you could connect those parts of the story together, that's when you would fully appreciate the movie. Um, so that's why I I first watched uh, Star Wars. But the Phantom Menace was actually the first one I saw. Um, and we had to stop halfway through the movie, um, which was the deal. Like going in, I said, we don't have time to watch the whole thing tonight. Okay, do you want to watch the first half or wait till tomorrow? And of course, I said first half. So my dad paused it. <laughs> Where? Quite literally, right at 
Darth Maul leaps off of the speeder no! bike and first clashes lightsabers. With then Ligon he turns Jen. it off. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Mr. Blanton. <laughs> oh, no. Horrible. It's a horrible thing to do to a child. Oh, I bet oh, you were so I revved up, though. Did you, did you finish it the second day? Uh, yes, yes, we did. Okay. Um, and I loved it. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was a spiritual experience and it was because of the buildup. Like, so I'm of the generation where Star Wars was a thing. Like I knew it was special. I knew it was this huge cultural phenomenon, not because of the marketing or the, uh, media or all of my friends were into or anything, but because all of my older siblings loved it. It was mm. something that, and my cousins, it's like all of the, all of the family. Cause I, I grew up moving all the time. I, I never lived anywhere more than about like two years uh, in a row growing up. So like my immediate family was my circle and that, and because they thought it was cool, I knew it was cool. That's why <laughs> I wanted to get into star Wars. <laughs> oh, I love that. Thanks for sharing that Riley. Yeah, um, that's a true story. Yeah, it's great. Like, and that's just, that was my, just my first question. So you ready for my next one? I'm ready. Who's your favorite Star Wars character? And feel free to do top Obi-Wan. three. Oh, all right then. <laughs> oh, I made Obi-Wan. that easy. Yeah. I don't know if I put as much thought to fill out the top three. Although if there were to, uh, I'll do this experience. Obi-Wan, um, I've always liked the noble knight figure mm. and the mentor. Um, and I think that's, that's something that um, has connected. I've, I've um, had a number of, and I think a lot of us have uh, a number of mentors growing up that changed our life. And I've always kind of seen um, Obi-Wan as um, the, the silent guardian who would always be true to his mission and never sacrifice the, what, what's right. And you even get that just from the original movie without any further context than that. Um, but yeah, that's why Obi-Wan um, has to be my, my favorite character. Uh, if, I were to, if I were to round it out, probably Luke would jump into the number two spot. I'm a Luke over Han guy. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, and I think uh, number three would be Elon Sleazy Bagano. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, what? Fantastics. Yeah. Oh, that that that's so funny because when I first met you at Fan Days, I remember we were sitting in the hotel lobby. I was sitting with Jason. We were talking, and you like slid like a bag of drugs over to me, and you're like, "You want some of these?" I was like, "Riley, I barely know you." You <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It turned out it was just it was it was just Tylenol because I had a headache because Riley's a sweetheart. So. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, that's true. legal over-the-counter drugs. Um, um, yeah. uh, I love that. <laughs> okay, one final, final getting to know Riley's Star Wars fandom, um, and I know you sure. will appreci- especially appreciate this because this is something I know you okay. want to chat with. Uh, we'll chat a little bit about later on to this evening. Riley, like Jason and I, I would think it's oh. safe to say you also thoroughly enjoy the music of Star Wars. Yes, one hundred percent. Favorite Star Wars track? Go. Oh, this is this is a tough one. <laughs> I knew because a lot of these are questions <laughs> I've thought a lot about, like favorite character, favorite movie. I've had those conversations. I don't know that anyone's ever asked me that question. If I'm honest, it's the hardest question we ever ask anybody. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, can I can I can I kind of walk through this out loud? Because I, I need some help, guys. Yeah, this is a let's, process. Let's walk sure. it out. Um, let's sure. walk it out. All right. So I'm going to nominate a few. Uh, nominate a few. So I think um, John Williams. Um, 
I, I think some of his greatest work is actually in the prequel trilogy mm. um, for, for the yeah. Star Wars franchise. So, like, if I were to uh, top off some prequel trilogies, I think the um, Battle of the Heroes has mm. to be up there. I think um, Anakin's theme has to be up there. Mm. Um, and what was the... Um, yeah, have to help out. You know, so from the prequels, I think my, if I were to narrow them all down, I think from the prequels it has to be the Battle of the Heroes theme, um, Anakin versus Obi Wan, and I think from the um, original trilogy, I think the most uh, beautiful piece of music easily is Luke and Leia's theme. Yeah, um, and the way that that's 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 used throughout the um, to the prequels. So I think, um, and and maybe uh, a third one, which was. Uh, I just saw performed live. <laughs> segway, shameless segue. Um, was is Yoda's theme? I think um, those are all three like great works of John Williams' opera, which is what he wrote. John Williams has been continuously writing an opera that has been expanding since 1976 when he started writing it, um, and it's an incredible body of work. Even if his entire legacy of uh, music was just Star Wars. He would still be one of the greatest composers of modern times, to say nothing of like the entire litany of Jurassic Park and E.T. and you know every other Steven Spielberg movie. <laughs> you know, uh, he, is, um, he is a treasure, which is why I, so I, I alluded to it. I'll just I spent um, as a uh, my I, well as a suggested birthday present that my wife then dearly gave me was tickets. <laughs> two tickets, plane tickets, and then event tickets to see John Williams at the Hollywood Bowl with the L.A. Philharmonic for a, a night at the movies with John Williams. Oh, I'm so jealous. So awesome. It was incredible. It was, I mean, and it was one of those, th- it, it was incredible in that it was, there was nothing unexpected. There was nothing like, there, there, there was nothing inspired. There was no, it wasn't this sort of religious experience. It was almost a relief, a sense mm. of relief to actually see hear him um kind of comment on and talk to the audience and talk a little bit about the songs and themes from his his movies and the movies that inspired him because they played a lot of old classic max steiner casablanca lawrence varabia like old hollywood music that john williams was inspired by so it was like this sort of full picture uh of a musical evening and it was just um it was a really beautiful really beautiful thing now there were there was not one not two there were three encores amazing with animations <laughs> Amazing. So, like, because that's the tradition, and in, in if you guys haven't ever seen a symphony or something like that, it's it's tradition for an encore. If mm-hmm. the audience stands up and keeps clapping, the conductor walks back out, and he'll play it. They play an encore. They did it three times. Yes. The first time was the classic. They did the Imperial March. That uh, I think that was the one they planned to do. They're like, there's going to be at least one. Right. The second one was um, E.T., and I think the third one. Uh, everyone wanted it to be Jurassic Park. It wasn't, though. I think it was Harry Potter. I can't remember. Hmm. There were a total of three. And the third one, he literally just kind of mimed a pillow, you know, leaned his head over into his hands, <laughs> and he's like, I'm tired. Yeah. And I just couldn't help but think, like, all of the 17,000 people in that outdoor arena uh, at the Hollywood Bowl just cheering and keeping him going. It's like, get back up here, you old man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if you're in your 90s. I want another. <laughs> uh, 
play Hedwig's theme. Um, so that was uh, that. Uh, that's a, a short short story of of my. It literally just went this last Saturday as, as I was on the other side of the coast, uh, and it was like a once in a lifetime. Um, I'm heading overseas next year. Uh, being military, and I know it's it's an annual tradition for him, but I wasn't sure if it'll be something I'll ever have the chance to do again. So it was mm. one of those like YOLO moments, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, he is eighty nine, so I saw. Yeah. I, I I was fortunate to see him conduct the Boston Pops. Uh, I think it was oh, in twenty sixteen, and it was an all Star Wars concert that he conducted. It was mostly Force Awakens music because it was shortly after Force Awakens had come out. Um, oh, interesting. And, and it was That's really, awesome. he, I mean, listening to him talk, he's obsessed with Daisy Ridley, which aren't we all. Um, so like he talked about, you know, he'd confirmed that night he was coming back to do the music for eight because he just couldn't imagine anyone else writing music for Daisy. <laughs> it was like, he well, loves her so he, much. Those comments made the news rounds. Like some people picked that up and quoted it and uh, like it made a bunch of headlines because that hadn't been announced yet. Yeah. Back yeah. When that happened. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He, he's like, I'm I'm just doing it. So and he's you know, I you're not gonna tell John Williams. No, you can't tell anybody about this. He doesn't, um, he doesn't at care at this point in his career. So <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, what a what an awesome experience you got to have then, Riley. Like it, it's so cool. Just just to hear that music mm-hmm. live, let alone know that it was conducted, knowing that it's conducted by the man who made it, is awesome. Yeah. Um, no, it was incredible. So, uh, Riley, th- those were my those were my big qualifier questions. Not qualifier questions. You're not qualifying mm-hmm. for anything. Nice. Did I pass? Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> y- yes, you passed. Um, I don't yeah, know what I mean, you passed. passed. We're in the yeah. we we are obviously of the the opinion that no one can give wrong answers to subjective questions like this. We're not we're not you're not going to hear us being toxic, Riley, being like that's the wrong answer to a subjective question. <laughs> um, right. Right. So. I did look up, by the way, the last time that we were on the show on the Wampus Lair. Look oh. at you multitasking. It was when breaking was it? down the last Jedi trailer. Oh, okay. All right. So that's wow. what? That okay. was 20, probably early 2017 yep. or 2016. Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. Oof. Well, wow. it's, it's been a, a bit then. since then. Yes. Just, a, just lot. a bit. Yeah, a little bit has happened since then. <laughs> um. But right. Wow. Uh, so Jason and I just, like I said, we kind of prepared a couple questions. We want to ask you to kind of gear the conversation again towards, you know, your long tenure as, as a Star Wars podcaster. Um, uh-huh. And do you remember the date you began? Uh, or the year even? I don't know the exact date, but I do remember it was early summer. I want to say June 2011 was when we launched the Star Wars report, which was a an iteration on what I had kind of dabbled my feet in the previous year um, in 2010, uh, which was the Bothan report, where I was trying to be real clever with yes. uh, with the name, and then very quickly realized that's not the best branding when people are searching for a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> so Fair I got- I got a little bit, I, I, I renamed it at the time. Well, not just renamed it, rebranded it. But that's, that's, where, that's where this goes back to. So we are just over uh, 10 years of uh, the Star Wars report and about 11 and a half years of, of me behind the microphone talking Star Wars in some capacity. That's a long time. That's crazy. 
It is. Because yeah. you guys started not too long after me, though. Because yeah, it would have been... We put our first episode 10... out late October of 2011. 2011. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I remember we were only like a couple months into a, the Star Wars report at that time. Yep. Yeah, we are, we are a month and a half from our 10-year anniversary. That's awesome. So that's nuts. But, so, Riley... I, what I'd love to know, and and I feel like this this is a great question. I feel like if you asked any Star Wars podcaster, but again, I think like you like you indicated earlier, right? That the shows that kind of sprang up around the time we all did about ten years ago, before the Disney acquisition, um, mm-hmm. I feel like we'll have very different answers to this question. And again, I this is I. I always want to be wary when you have conversations like this where you say, well, like, well, we did it all the way back then, right? I want to avoid being like, well, back in my day, right? Because that, that curmudgeon attitude is is never helpful. But um, I think it's worth noting, well, I started though. So young. Sorry to interrupt, Carl. I started so young. I was so used to years and years of me being the kid on the block, like <laughs> literally, because yeah. I was like 19. Yes. Uh, but like being the new kid on the block, and I get, we get so sick of the, the people talking about like, well, Star Wars in my day was better. And then I found myself <laughs> slowly gravitating in that exact same direction. I'll catch myself saying something, and then I'll hear myself, and I'm like, geez, Riley, you got to <laughs> calm down. You're sounding exactly like the curmudgeons you used to make fun of. <laughs> I'll be but, the first to admit. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's true of anybody who's – that's true of so many Star Wars fans in so many different ways. Um, but the question I yeah. have for you, which again I think is a a unique question to those older shows, which is why did you do a Star Wars podcast? Like where did that come from? Where did the desire to do this, right? Podcasts a decade ago, just podcasts in general, they aren't what they are today, right? Like podcasts are everywhere now. It's all over pop culture um, you know, from the most professionally polished shows to, again, still like amateurs like us. Um, but 10 years <laughs> ago, that was not the story at all. And yet here you come along, an 18 to 19-year-old kid at the end of the day <laughs> with this desire yeah. to do a Star Wars podcast. Where did that come from? How did it happen? You know, it's it's funny because um, I know for, for some podcasters and stuff, the, their inspiration was radio, like talk radio mm. and stuff. And, and I remember um, I, 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 my parents listened to some radio. Um, it, I grew up partly in Atlanta, which has um, a local talk station, WSB. And I remember like my parents listening to it sometimes or like the radio was a thing. But I never like really loved radio or anything like that growing up i what i what i did do is what inspired me to do star wars podcast was a star wars podcast like it's the simple mm-hmm. honest truth and here's here's what i think i'll i want to cage the conversation in that i'm gonna i when talking about like our own experience with star wars and star wars fandom of the last 10 years i feel like sometimes um uh, i it's it's easy to sort of dance around the politics of the star Wars community sometimes of like the dynamics of uh, different shows, people just cause I know so many people that have done this over the years, but I just kind of want to promise up front of like, I'm just going to give you very, very straight up answers. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Go for because, it, please. Like uh, I want to give you guys a very unfiltered view of, of my experience over the years in a way that I haven't really had the opportunity to talk about. We, we started off air because it's always, it's, this is kind of cathartic because it's something that is such a huge part of my life. And it's a real honor to talk to you guys about it. Cause like I said, you were some of the first guys to join us on star Wars report and even like made it a network in the first place. 
Um, but it's always weird to like talk about, it's too meta if you talk about your show on your own show. So it's like <laughs> a lot, it's a much easier format for, to talk about. So I, I say that to kind of cage the answer up front. But what inspired me was uh, the Force cast back in the day. It was um, uh, Jason, and I think at, at that time it was still Jason and Pete. Jason Swank and Pete Nadal. Because um, I, I followed some fan sites, um, and I would just like, catch them and i'd only just discovered them uh like the force.net and rebelscum.com and like narnia web because that's the other thing i was in i was into at the time i was excited for prince caspian coming out that summer <laughs> and then also like i'd heard something about a star wars animated show and i googled around so that 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 was my extent of knowledge so just like in early days of the internet fashion i i i just saw like oh wait narnia web has this podcast and, and it's also tied to technology at the time because i'd spent my summer's uh, lawn mowing money on purchasing a PSP. That was like my big purchase of this would have been 2008. I had this weird thing. I don't know why dates stick in my head, but it was February 2008 um, when I purchased my first PSP. And um, because Sony is always leading technology, this is barely after the iPhone or iTunes incorporated podcasts, but you could add podcasts to the PSP. And so I searched, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, well, let's see if there's a Narnia podcast. That was the first thing I looked for. And there was the Narnia web podcast. And then the second one, which is what I started out, that was the, the Force cast. And it just, it just blew my mind that there was talk radio hmm. about these stories that I loved so much and were like this, this huge deal to me. And, and I still can't really explain why star wars narnia and lord of the rings like why these stories these mythologies were what connected with me uh, at that age in my in, a, in my teenage years but they did those were the ones that i was into so upon discovering it was it was this um like internet content now is is decadent it's it's sweetness everywhere you can find anything about anything mm-hmm. um but at the time it felt like um, this this diamond in the rough after digging and digging, like this thing existed that I didn't know, which is uh, talk radio about my favorite stories that would like analyze them and talked about them in in a interesting, thoughtful, analytical way. I just hadn't heard of it, hadn't experienced it, um, but it connected with me immediately. And I, I I still remember this is what's crazy as I I still remember that first episode of the force cast i listened to it was this um i it was this kitschy bit that they did very morning show radio where they commented on and played this track of christopher lee in like a musical from the 80s or 90s <laughs> and it was just it, it like as it because it sounded like count dooku you know singing some show tunes right <laughs> it, it i mean it just I doubled over. I thought it was hilarious. I was I was out. I was at a work site working for my brother, doing landscaping, and I was just on my headphones, cracking up at Count Dooku, singing some show tunes. And that's not something like uh, the internet. I I wasn't on the internet. I didn't have social media. I didn't know that there were these fun, funky, weird connections to the Star Wars out there. So every week I would hear something new or interesting about not just the news, but like parts of the Star Wars saga that I had no idea even existed. Like uh, I remember, like the old Knights of the Old Republic, Kotor. They kept saying Kotor. What's this Kotor thing? Everybody's talking. I just never heard of Kotor. Um, and so it was just like this. Suddenly, in the class, quote the classic line. It's like uh, I was, it was my first step into a larger universe. I just found some Count Dooku singing. 
Anyway, um, sorry, Riley. I, just, I wanted to see if I could find it, and I could. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah, that's that's exactly the song too. Well done. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> He's got a nice voice. In fact, yeah, that should be the opening credit song this week. <laughs> <laughs> there there's, there's your, that's that's what honestly inspired it was it was literally jason and pete at the time on on the force cast um and and that's that hearing that show just made me want to be a part of something I wanted to do something cool like that that that's where the i the seeds are planted i didn't i didn't even try it i didn't have the guts to even figure out how to record a podcast or like think that i could even get behind a microphone and have something to say and sound coherent i didn't have any of I didn't have any of the uh, confidence that there would be to record a show for a couple years down the line, um, but but eventually I did. And I think it's fair to say you de- you developed that voice for yourself relatively quickly. You know, I think when you do something like this, if you if you have something to say, you find a way to say it. Um, yeah, and you know, I mean, similar for me, what ever gave me the idea of even thinking about doing a podcast was listening to back in the day, the Starlack pit with, which, you know, was mm-hmm. Chris Smith yep. and, and Matt Cranky and, you know, listening to that show. And it was, you know, it was back in, I think it was 2010 and I was driving back to upstate New York again. And I was like, Oh, I'm just so sick of listening to music in the car. I'm going to try one of these podcast things. I've heard so much about <laughs> the podcast. I've heard so much about, <laughs> um, you know, and, uh, I remember it kind of I like the way you put that, right? Like there was something kind of magical to like searching in the iTunes store for Star Wars podcast. And you're like, there was I think there was like seven of them at that time. And I was like, whoa, they do. <laughs> they do exist. <laughs> you know, it was like I, I touched that X-Wing as it was placed down before me. And and I tried a couple of them. And the first couple I tried, I didn't like at all. Um, and neither of them exist anymore. So I don't even feel bad about saying that. Um, Sarlacc pit barely exists, sadly to say anymore. I, I don't, I don't think they've recorded a show in two years, but, um, I was curious if they're still going, but yeah, not really. Um, but I just, I loved their show, which was essentially just two guys that really love star Wars talking about what they really love about star Wars. Um, and you know, they did a lot of top five lists. They did a lot of, you know, just just fun things that I'm, I was at that time was always thinking about, but had no one to talk to about it. And I was like, Oh, here's a, a great way to like, as they're talking, like in my head, I'm having a conversation with them with, these are my favorite things. And, you know, and then the three of us all met at fan days and Jason and I, you know, yeah. decided we were going to try it. And Riley, like the, this is really impressive for someone as young as you were at the time back in 2011. I was just like, I think I want to do a podcast. And you're like, and I was like, but I wouldn't know what to do with it. And you're like, well, do you have something you want to say about star Wars? And I was like, yeah. And you go, then you should do it. And it was just like, just very simple sage advice from a very young person. But like, it was like, Hey, if you want to talk about it, you should do it. And, and then you were super helpful in helping me do that. Like I had no idea how to do any of the techie stuff, which clearly you obviously had to learn yourself. And I got to just glean all of that. I didn't have to learn that much because you told me everything to do. (laughs) It was great. (laughs) Yeah, that was a big part of the. That was what took me the most time was figuring out if I did it. I wanted that was always also part of my like, um, not perfectionism streak. There's all I've I've always had this competitive streak of like the Forcecast, even in those early days, sounded so good, and a lot of early podcasts didn't. 
but mm-hmm. the quality was so good. I was like, how do they do that? And I was like Googling different ways to record podcasts and what to do. I remember early on, you're like, should we use Podbean? And that's where I was like, you need to come on our site. <laughs> We're yeah. going to do this right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I have a question yeah. that branches off of this. So like, obviously you, you have the Botha report, then you rebranded the Star Wars report. Uh, what made you decide that you wanted to have a network and what made you think that we were a good first choice uh, to join the network? <laughs> I never, yeah, I never had any ambitions to start like um, uh, a, a giant like net media network and, you know, like try to make it into something it wasn't. It was literally just like if I like if I liked you and you wanted to talk about Star Wars, I wanted you to be on the network. Like if I wanted to uh, like be on your show and talk to you and nerd out with you about Star Wars which we had a great experience at fan days. But, um, that's why, like it, it was that simple. It's it's I, and I knew you guys would be a good fit because, and you always have been, you, you found your own lane. Cause like star Wars report is all news, but in those early days, we still were what we, we cut left. We were the Pepsi to the force cast Coke, I guess early on, because <laughs> I was this, this punk kid of the prequel generation who would talk about how much the prequels were awesome. And that was like countercultural back then. Yes. Uh, now you have like the prequel meme subreddit and it's like this whole huge subsection of fandom and it's really coming to its own. But like for me as like the kid coming into Star Wars, I had a very different natural perspective just generationally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's what allowed the Star Wars report to be, you know, yet another quote unquote news show that like just talks about the latest news, but like do it from a different angle. What you guys had and what I liked and wanted you to be a part of it was just the, a, a pure discussion, informal discussion format where you guys just pick a topic and talk about it. You don't, you're not scripted. You don't have like your five key points that you have to hit. It's you, you, like you'll do lists, but you guys aren't. You, it, it's a friends who like Star Wars conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, well, was, that was definitely that, what we, we deliberately set out to do. Yeah. So, right. Well, like, I, I you feel did like- it good advice that people always give to anyone who's a writer, um, you know, or, or any sort of creative art person, you know, whether it's making, writing music, writing a story, whatever. I feel like the best advice people say is write, tell, sing the story you want to hear, right? Tell your story, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's such great advice. And that's really, we knew right away what we wanted to do. I mean, again, and like, kind of like you, Riley, I mean, we were very inspired. That's essentially what the Sarlacc pit did. I mean, their, their moniker in the early days is the fans podcast. That's how their intro always ended because at the time there were only a few other podcasts and none of them really were doing what they were, which was just talking about thing, random things in star Wars that they really loved. I mean, they always did news first and then that, but Jason and I were like, we don't want to do the news. Like that's tedious and not exciting to us, but we'll do that second half. Right. And, and, we wanted to create something that seemed timeless, right? So, like, if you went yeah. back and listened to episode one of ours right now, like, yeah, it's, you know, it's 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 not going to really touch on any I news. Mean, it, I, yeah. it, it's, the conversation is still going to be great. The quality is terrible because I was recording it out of my garage at the time. So, um, <laughs> but <laughs> that's changed over the years, but the content really hasn't. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that's but, true. Riley, I would love for you just to, again, like, I don't want to set a a hard, hard and fast number for you here, but what are just some of the the memories you have that really stand out? Um, You know, as a Star Wars podcaster, all these years of doing all this content and, 
you know, and for years you were doing tons of bonus content, like building up to the films and everything. I mean, you were doing daily shows. I mean, you've been, you've really put in a lot of work over these 10 years. And, um, you know, what are some of the things that really stand out to you? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Cause it's, it's tough to like put together, um, like the top highlights, but I, I will say, I remember like the, um, the the early years of uh kind of finding our voice and being and going to um do convention coverage and kind of being uh that that world opening up fan days was a very early on uh version of that because i the in very quick succession um the first con i ever went to was this tiny little like sh- like autograph slash uh, vendor show weren't even really panels like one or two panels um, in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee of all places. Yes, that's a real place. Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Um, and, uh, but Jake Lloyd and uh, Billy D. Williams were there as well as a couple other uh, Star Wars folks. And I was and I, I made it out there and actually did a few interviews for that was one of my first things I tried to do was uh, early on with the EU cast. I tried to do some like correspondent stuff for EU cantina.net back in the day. Um, the now defunct um, expanded universe site and, and podcast. But um, that was my first, first foray into podcasting, but it was a highlight because like being able to actually go out there and try to uh, like, my mom drove me out there. I think it was, I was like 17, 18 at the time. And like, I, I took a little, little recorder that I bought and uh, tried to do a few interviews. I, I interviewed my, my first few interviews were um, um, Anthony, Forrest, uh, the stormtrooper who uh, Obi Wan mind tricks in A New Hope, <laughs> met him. Uh, like um, the the lady who played Greedo in some of the scenes, uh, interviewed her, and just it's just like a, a little five minute uh, segments. But it's just it's memorable to me because it was my first foray into trying something new and different and scary. I was, I fre- was freaking out. Um, <laughs> Jake Lloyd said no. I, I I tried to interview Jake Lloyd, but which me me and Jake are like literally about the same age. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I I I tried to like I, I thought well maybe we would connect more of now. Um, but I say all that to say um, those early convention years, what became fan days, and actually that was the time where I actually met the Force Cast guys uh, in person and met you guys, and then an early supporter who had heard our podcast and was like, oh these kids are doing something kind of cool was Stephen Stanton. One of the voice actors on Clone Wars is still very active in fandom today. He voiced Tarkin and a bunch of characters from the Clone Wars and Rebels. But like he, um, I, I remember we interviewed him, and he, uh, he, and actually his his manager helped us. Um, I got us the like passes and even flights for me and Bethany to go out there and just like, hey, if you guys want to come. Uh, record the podcast and uh we want to support you guys doing this these you, these cool kids doing new things and they were just they were sort of like early patrons of <laughs> of me and bethany trying to to do this show so those early days of conventions that first dragon con was very similar um i remember us like just walking around the autograph hall this was back when you could do this before it was all locked down we'd just go around and interview random uh random guests about Star Wars. We talked a lot of Battlestar Galactica cast. <laughs> we were watching the new series at the time, and uh, and then they were all there, and we talked to them, and talked to them some of them about Star Wars, which is hilarious now when I think about it. But um, that those early convention um, 
days, I think, are are kind of what I think of as that's the same time in my life because I didn't go to college uh, until a few years later. Because at the time, I was just figuring out what the hell I wanted to do with my life. Let's be honest. And I was so I was working with my brother. I was doing the landscaping thing, doing some light, some construction on the side. I fin- I was finishing up high school, and like I just had no clue. I, f- I was very very Luke Skywalker if you think about it. It's like it's only one more season. Because <laughs> I'm I'm just not out on moisture evaporators. I'm just building decks, you know, <laughs> just like, or clearing brush from land, you know. So I, but that was a that is a time in my life where I distinctly remember that what Star Wars became, and I, this is the best way I could describe it to people who are outside of Star Wars fandom. But what Star Wars became, and, and the convention era, and, and those first early friends when I met you guys. That's how I met Aaron Goins, one of my best friends. Uh, so my, uh, he's, he's at my wedding as a groomsman. Like, I, I just still to this day um, can best describe those early days of Star Wars fandom as kind of how I think most people think of their early college years, like the friends that they make, the experiences they have, the like, and the way that people fondly look back at their college memories or the fraternity that they were a part of. That, that I think a lot of people make that connection. For me, that's what. That was my community, that, that, and that was the friendships that I built in those early days um, that last to this day. Yeah. yeah it's funny how that works, um, especially, especially from that, that era of, of the conventions. So even a specific time, even before, I mean, celebrations ramped up over the years, even before the Disney purchase. But like some of those, those early years, it was a very different, <laughs> different level. Uh, of convention. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, you said some of those were some of your memorable moments. Is there anything that was, that you would consider the most unexpected thing hmm. that came about because of your podcasting things, your hmm. podcasting career, something completely unexpected. Like you went in, you had no idea this was going to happen. Um, I, or I'll, just like a surprise. I don't know. Put it this way. I have a, I have a surreal moment. Okay. Most surreal, because I think that's probably the best way to get at what you're talking about, Jason, which okay. is for me, I found myself, I'll, I'll tell this Quentin Tarantino style. I, there I was sitting on the theater stage at Man's Chinese Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. And before me is a round table with the traditional checkered all-American tablecloth and a full setting of the latest... Disney, uh, Denny's tie-in menu for Solo A Star Wars Story. That is the most surreal moment I've ever had in Star Wars fandom. Because I literally, I, that was at sort of the peak, and you know what, that's probably where I peaked as well. That's, that's peak <laughs> Star Wars podcaster shill level, which is like Denny's flew out a bunch of Star Wars, ready for it, ready for the word, Star Wars influencers. Oh. <laughs> We don't like to um, use uh, we don't like to use swear words on the show, Riley. Yeah, <laughs> watch your watch your mouth, boy. There, I mean, I literally, I was on that list. I was on that list, that email list somebody got from somewhere. Like, uh, it was, it's a lot of the typical media you'd see at Star Wars convention these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just see them all were all there, and they they literally paid the money. That somebody thought this was a good idea. It's the I told you guys I'd be real. This is the dumbest <laughs> marketing decision ever. They flew out like a twenty three year old kid. Um, I mean, maybe I was like this a few years later, maybe twenty five. Twenty five year old kid who just does a Star Wars podcast, and they're like, no, we're gonna set you up at the. They literally. I, it sounds like I'm bragging. I'm just telling you how ridiculous this. Was. They <laughs> they made all of us Star Wars. I can't say the word. All of us Star Wars 
types stay at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel, this fancy swanky hotel right across from Maine's Chinese Theater, and um, and flew us all out there. And then they had this kind of souped up event with packages, with like giveaway packages, and uh, it was it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. And that's the most surreal moment trip I've ever had in in my Star Wars fandom. <laughs> But, like that's just so, so that's so fun and random though it's great you know the the I things mean, the things it's a they'll story do. you'll never forget no i i will not it will not and it's money that uh, denny's will never get back either <laughs> uh, turns out that that marketing strategy didn't work the greatest um no not really that's wild oh, i love it but you know i the thing is Sorry, I, the sad thing is, is that this is this is like the the peak of 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 if you want to know what Star Wars privilege is in the in the new age of 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 fan hierarchy, you know, fan media hierarchy of bloggers, podcasters, t- the TikTok stars. Now that's like that's the that's the example right there. That's what people aspire to. If you want to know what the best you can expect of of like the most <laughs> successful you'll ever be as a podcaster is, you can go get some free Denny's in L.A. <laughs> 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 wow that's that's a way to put it but you did get to go that's to some advanced up. screenings of some of the movies isn't that right yeah no it's it's that's true i think that's um that's this this weird blending of of star wars um fan media i think in the early days became uh, so um powerful and in for, for the right reasons like passionate fans that were putting together um just from the love of the wars, this incredible content that's highly professionally produced and it's, um, you know, gaining excitement. I mean, that's what the, those early podcasts were. Forcecast wasn't the only one. There are a couple of early podcasts, but Forcecast was definitely the main one that uh, like the Clone Wars actors would go on. Dave Filoni would go on. And they, they would sort of like, they were the ambassadors of Star Wars fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it sort of, it's, it's transformed in recent years. It's so, it, it's more of a, 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 a commoditized audience of which you're trying to like forward something for the brand. Like in, in, in the new corporate media era, this is not like me whining about Disney Star Wars. This is the case everywhere of no matter what business you're in. Like this is the way that you, sell something these days but it there was a there was a kind of purity of um those some of those early days of uh of fandom and and i i sort of i chronicle that experience myself because you sort of have those um as as fan media became more of a thing um things like going to press screenings or to the the premiere or like having access to certain interviews and who didn't and who didn't have what level of access like that became naturally more and more of a thing as as Star Wars fan media uh, blossomed and kept growing. Um, and as Star Wars fandom kept growing, it's this sort of weird byproduct of like Star Wars is an incredible story. It's an incredible mythology that has touched generation after generation. And there's a reason it connects, but uh, it's interesting. I, I think um, a lot of people talk about how Star Wars or Disney is, has changed or become too bit too top heavy or, to corporate i i don't think that's star wars i think that's just everything else i think star wars now just exists in the era that we all now live in uh when it comes to the age of the internet and and internet me- media i guess 
not to get too meta, but I, I don't know if you guys know what I'm, I'm saying. It's, it's hard to like characterize exactly, but I definitely kind of got sort of a front row seat to it all. Yeah, it, it has definitely changed over the last decade plus. So, you know, it's, you know, it went from just a handful of podcasts, you know, less than 20 of us out there to now you can't, you know, trip and fall without hitting at least five of them. So, you know, um, <laughs> so many out there yeah. and because the, the, you know, the just sheer volume of it has increased. They have to, I guess, you know, prioritize who gets what, but you know, which moves that along into the, the whole corporate marketing world yeah well so you know just to kind of round out like the conversation here riley and this is something we we wanted to talk about especially towards the end of the this episode um and i'm going to bring it up now and we can just talk about it for a little bit here is to me the biggest difference in the star wars podcasting community is that it used to be a very mutual community that shared a lot Mm -hmm into a very mm-hmm. competitive community. Um, and and that's, that's been my biggest observation. Um, and I don't like that. Like, I don't, I'm not a competitive person in, in most respects. I have my streaks. Um, <laughs> but uh, Star Wars trivia, I mean, is definitely one of them. <laughs> but most things in life, I'm like kind of whatever right. about. <laughs> but I think that is, to me, that's been my observation of the biggest change in, in the 10 years um, you know, like with anything in life, there's always a positive and a negative side to things. Um, and I think the, the, the kind of obvious positive is, is the amount of voices in the Star Wars fan community is great. There's a diversity of voices. There are so many incredibly, uh, you know, female run podcasts, which there was very, there were none of those when we started 10 years ago, at no. least that, that I was aware of. I mean, Bethany was on Star Wars report with you. I mean, I'm sure there was yeah. occasional female guests, sure. but, Teresa Delgado has been around for a long time doing things. Um, But for the most part, it was a boys club, right? And so the, the fact that that's no longer the case is wonderful. Um, You know, there, there are folks from every sort of demographic of, of the world doing a star Wars podcast, which, you know, I think that is a very obvious, great thing. Um, But also I feel like it's made room for some uh, just, very egocentric folks. Um, and there's a lot of them out there. Um, and, and I think they see star Wars podcasting as this weird competition. They see other creatives, not as people to be inspired by, but as a, somehow a threat. Um, and, and frankly, it's kind of pathetic. Um, and I'm going to share this for the first time ever on air. And I just, I just don't care. I got bullied last year by the first time ever in doing Star Wars podcasting. We've gotten some negative reviews. We've had some snarky comments over the years for sure. But I got bullied by another Star Wars podcast for the first time ever. Riley, I had never been angrier in my life and had never thought about quitting before. Welcome welcome (laughs) to the club, sir. You know, sorry, I was, I was just gonna say that's def- Carl. I think you're right. What you're what you're touching on, I think, is is a a natural outpouring of um, kind of what I was alluding to. Maybe not the most articulately moment of go, but I think that um, internet culture mm-hmm. has sort of uh, is. I think podcasting is its own sort of sub case example of what's happened with with internet culture because I th- I think 
we as humans are naturally competitive and, and follow sort of social hierarchies and, and, and bully people. Like that's a human experience. It's just um, by the, by the conversion to um, the conversion, I think specifically to social media, I, I noticed, mm. cause I noticed more Star Wars podcasts um, where this was kind of a natural thing, but it was never something that was, ubiquitous but like what your your experience what you're describing um i've i've sort of became part and parcel of of my experience of being a star wars podcaster with any kind of of regular content and platform like i i mean i've I've gotten comments last week on uh the show negatively even though i was like well it's a good thing because i announced we're ending it you don't have to pile on (laughs) but i i still even had that and it's but i think it's a it's a natural um outgrowth of of internet culture as this sort of meta larger point of um uh of of us performing our star wars fandom and and this is the interesting weird thing about star wars podcasting like for me um and my experience as a star wars fan my love of star wars was very quickly um incorporated into podcasting podcasting was my way of expressing my love for star wars yeah. And it and and it's when, however, recording a podcast it, it is naturally a form of performance, and there's a feedback loop. But what social media has made is a a much more, I would say, poisonous, prolific, or I guess poisonous and ubiquitous. I'm using big words here, but uh, this this dynamic where the feedback loop is fed so much faster, and the the more outrageous and the more tribal you're on our team, you're on their team. The, the, it has become that that has poisoned the well on on the podcasting side of things. Um, I, I really think it's the the way that um, social media has impacted Star Wars fandom for those who experiencing their Star Wars fandom through the lens of the internet, which is I think most of you guys listening to this podcast right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something where the rise of social media happened sort of podcasts for a while, at least when we first started, were kind of separate from social media. Like we had our, we had our accounts to like tell everybody when we had a new episode out or something like that. But then, you know, about, I don't know, four or five years ago, social media really started becoming an active part of podcasting where, you not only were you making your weekly or monthly or whatever, however often you recorded your podcast, your your content, but you had to uh, to comment or respond or create things for your specifically for your social media between episodes. Um, and I mean, we kind of been doing a little bit of that because with our polls and matchups, just because that was something we wanted to do and we wanted the fan interaction. But it became you know very much like. Your social media platform, your social media uh, level of interaction is more important than the actual podcast you are recording and creating. Um, that kind of the social media side of it took over in the recent years, and the podcast became attached to your social media account rather than the opposite direction. You know, mm. yeah. Where for you know podcasts like us and in the Star Wars report, the social media was attached to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Now almost like the podcast is attached to the Twitter account, which is not my favorite way of looking at this. So, 
and I'm going to, I'll drill down and let's specifically say why I think that's important. And I, and I, and I think it's an important conversation to have because I am someone who loves Star Wars so much that a, a big part of the reason I am sunsetting the Star Wars report is my love of Star Wars. It's this weird sort of perverse, uh, this desire to preserve something that I love. Um, and I can get into it more and, and I know, Carl, we kind of jumped in on this side of the topic a little earlier, I think, than we were thinking, which I'm, I'm completely flexible on how you guys want to talk about this. Um, but I, I, I do want to like talk about that specific why, Jason, and I think that the specifically what social media does, and I pulled up this quote because I couldn't say it better. There's this um, comedian, artist, um, musician, Bo Burnham. He has a couple Netflix specials. Um, he's about my age, and he a lot of his comedy is about the experience that we've had, people our age and younger, uh, growing up in the age of the internet. And he said, uh, talking about kind of social media, he's like, the problem isn't social media. It's the market's answer to a generation that's demanded to perform. So the market said, perform, perform everything all the time for no reason. It's a prison. It's horrific. It's the performer and audience melded together what do we want to do more than lie in our bed at, at the end of each day and just watch our life as a satisfied audience member? I know little about anything, but what I do know is that if you can live your life without an audience, you should. And, mm. I, and that resonated with me so much where I kind of identified not just with Star Wars, but with how, how social media had become this sort of attached, performative part of my life. Like... Uh, an experience didn't feel like a full experience unless I was able to like share it with those who followed me on social media. And of course, this applies to Star Wars, but it, it applies across the board. It was this very aha moment for me where like, that's why you won't find me <laughs> on social media. I'm a shameless advocate, by the way, of like finding whatever your right balance is. But if your right balance is like just getting rid of it, <laughs> I don't think it's the worst decision you'll make. Um, we'll put it that way. But I think for Star Wars, that's that's where I think um, I had to detach the performative parts of which is harder for me because I think podcasting's t- creatively tied to my fandom. So like Star Wars fandom is podcasting, but it's also performance, um, and that's where I think um, if I were to drill down, what um, has made Star Wars fandom, um, I guess less less of a pure joyful experience hmm. that's a that, what a great well, I'm, I'm really uh, really cheering up your listeners car <laughs> no 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 no. I, th- I think like you were saying i mean i think there there are times that call for just kind of honest reflection right and when you're honestly reflecting on things after years of experiencing something um it, it comes from a place of love too right i, I like the way you put that riley yeah. the reason you're letting the sun set on star wars report is because you love it um, you know, it's, you're not, you're not being driven off of uh, the, the, the Star Wars performance art because of toxic fans, right? Like you're not Kelly, yeah. Kelly Marie Tran who experienced literally having to run from her social media life because of really, really horrible people. Um, right. This is, uh, this is a, a conscious decision of, of choosing to move on. And, and, you know, something that I, Jason and I have used the language for the for us for a long time 
that to us to do this podcast is our way of playing Star Wars, right? Like, you know, something we, we, we've done this segment very, very sporadically over the years called, uh, you know, Tales of the Larians. And one of the questions we ask folks that are on there is, you know, how did you play Star Wars as a kid and how do you play Star Wars now? And right. Cause I, I would say mm-hmm. that it, an incredibly integral part of your Star Wars fan experience is playing Star Wars, right? And, and, and the community you built while playing Star Wars. And yeah, I think that's the way for a long time I saw this podcast. And I won't lie, it's obviously changed a bit. I am much more aware of that performative side. I, I try to play the, the Twitter and Instagram game. I'm not very good at them. Um, but I try to do it just as a way of showing that we're still out there and hoping to God that I occasionally have like a something insightful to put up even in a little blurb on Twitter or in an Instagram photo that people might be like, Oh, that's an interesting take. I should check out their podcast. Right. Cause I think that's a great way of looking at it. Like you were saying, Jason, that it's, it went from being, we used social media as a tool to promote the podcast to the podcast. Whereas now I don't know that it's necessarily a complete inversion, but they're much more, it's, it's all a performance in a very different way to, to use kind of the language right. you, you found for us, Riley, right? It's you're performing for the people online and you're performing for them in a podcast. And it, like that can be exhausting. I mean, I, over the, I mean, over the 10 years, I've certainly in the last few years have taken a break from social media several times because I've needed it, um, you yeah. know, and, and I try to be pretty minimal on there now. I, you know, I, I've done a good job of, of, of muting and blocking the accounts that I need to. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's just like, to me, like social media, isn't playing star Wars for me. Playing star Wars is having a great conversation with somebody else about, um, you know, what we love yeah. about star Wars and, you know, I, and kind of a perspective. Here's the, here's- I'm oh, sorry. I yeah. totally cut you off. No, you're good. Sorry, Let me, I'll, 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 I'll finish this, this. So kind of to pull this even into the star Wars story, thinking about how episode nine for a lot of people just didn't work, right? It didn't work as the final chapter of the sequel trilogy and it didn't work even more so as the final chapter of the Skywalker saga and I'm not here to have that conversation, but I think that's just a true statement of fact is for a lot of people that movie fell flat in that, in that regard. Um, I'm not saying everybody, um, but I think part of the reason for that consensus was it was the same ending again as episode six, right? Well, they fought the big fight, they beat up the bad guys and they won the day. It's like, it's the same thing. And I think there was a, a hunger for something new, a new, a new, a new way to end the conflict. Um, and I think what's interesting is Star Wars fans, and again, this is a very generalized statement, and I'm speaking more so from when I grew up. I can't speak to other people's experiences, but I know when I was younger, it wasn't cool to like Star Wars for a very long time, right? So you kind of have to, you kind of have to keep that very hidden and private to yourself, which also at the same time makes it even more sacred to you. And I think that happened for a lot of folks in my age range, you know, late twenties into now probably their early forties and more so thirties to 40 year olds for this, this, the point I'm going to try to make. And I think because we had to be quiet for so long, when things like Star Wars podcast started to explode and all of us could start making our own shows and, and the ability to make shows has become so streamlined and easy these days. Um, we don't all need a Riley Blanton. I needed a Riley Blanton. Um, and you know, with, with that has also come, I think sadly is we're, we're seeing people that clearly are, 
experienced being picked on and bullied for being a Star Wars fan. And now that they've kind of showed up and and, and are performing well, they need to flex their muscles. And it's almost like they're they're repeating that cycle, you know, Um, which is exactly what Luke was trying to avoid in Episode eight. Right. That was kind of the message of Luke Skywalker is I'm going to withdraw because I'm I'm creating this cycle that's that just keeps breaking everything. Um, And I think there's almost this meta experience in fandom where, you know, oh, I finally have a voice and now. I'm I'm so angry for the way I got treated. I'm going to be mean to other people about how they love Star Wars. Um and I think that's just it's it just it's just sad. And and I don't you know, um I know I've done it. I I'm a victim of this this reality too. Um but yeah, I mean that's just kind of my my look back on my experience existing in the Star Wars fandom, because I think for all three of us, we exist in a different way from people that still like that don't create Star Wars content, like the folks that just sit at home and get to eat it up and love on it. You know, it's a different experience than those of us who, you know, week in and week out for years on end, try to put out something that, uh, that you can also enjoy. Right. Yeah. It's, it is an, um, an entitlement trap that I think, it's easy to talk about other people who get you know, like yeah I can't believe how entitled insert blank you know group of people are but like it's something we all fall for it's something that I think you you it's you you, you naturally it's a, such a human exper- experience to sort of feel like you've earned something like especially mm-hmm. if you've worked hard at at a at a project and I think for that that performance element as social media became a part of Star Wars fandom like the dynamic becomes you sort of perform on social media. So whatever gets sort of likes or responses and makes a splash and, uh, you know, gets you in with the right crowd and you get to dunk on the other crowd. That, that, that is the part that I was talking about earlier that kind of accelerates based on what you're saying, Carl, like that, that natural sort of human experience of like, you know, the, the bullied becomes the bully. That's like a classic story that happens all the time, but Mm just accelerated these days so much more. And I think there's a good, like easy metric. There's the old Eleanor Roosevelt quote that I always love. Um, where it's like, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase or I'd butcher it, but it's like, um, small, small minds talk about people. Um, you know, large minds talk about ideas, you know, medium sized mind. I'm doing this in cre- terrible <laughs> order. Like big, uh, you know, big minds talk about ideas, medium minds. You talk about events and then small minds talk about people. Um, and that's where, like, in Star Wars, like, if you're talking about Star Wars, or if you're doing something creative as it relates to Star Wars, whether it's building a custom lightsaber, you know, building your first Stormtrooper armor, creating a podcast, talking about the films, like, that, that's your good metric of, like, which, wh- what trap you've, have you fallen into the trap or, trap or not? Um, which is, which I, I, I say that fully understanding that that's kind of, we're talking about how people talk about star wars that's very meta. but yeah i hope you hope you guys know what i mean yeah it it's definitely a, an interesting world and and you know one i'm still you know largely happy to be part of because we have great listeners and carl and i get to come on here and talk every two weeks mm-hmm. um, about fun stuff that we like to talk about in star wars and there's some great content coming out that's a lot of fun to pick apart and 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 discuss so you know i'm still happy to be part of it but there's the community side of it um is has definitely changed over the years and i you know i and you know 
at risk of becoming one of those old fogies, I miss the way it used to be. You know, I really do. It was definitely much more of a, I think Carl mentioned it earlier. It was more of a, a mutual benefit, you know, mutual beneficial society between the, the podcasts. Everyone went on each other's podcasts and we all talked about stuff together. And, uh, if you had like, you know, an idea about something and you were like, Oh, I know so-and-so on this other podcast really likes this. We should ask them about it or, or whatever. And it was just, you know, very much a, a very friendly and tight knit community. And, and I miss it because those are the people that if I go to the convention, you know, whenever those decide to start back up again, those are the people I'll be looking for, you know. And I'm afraid that many of them will not be at the next convention because of, you know, one thing or another. So <laughs> I'll be on the other side of the world, man. I'm going to miss it. It is unacceptable, Riley. I need you there. No, just you, you have to come. I, I don't care. <laughs> Well, and I, I mean, I think if, for the, the sake of owning the whole waxing nostalgia here, it was easier than two because there weren't many, right? It's easy to stay in touch right. when, you, sure. when you're one of 20 people. Um, right. You know, but, but that changes over time. And, and, you know, talking with, you know, Joe Hogan, you know, who, Joe and I are very good friends. And Joe's experience of the Star Wars art world has been very different in the last 10 years, right? There's just, you know... It, all of this stuff is changing. And again, I think obviously so far we've been stressing on the things that we're not keen on. But again, I think there is there is things to also point out that are very good, right? I mean, yes, it sucks that I don't know every single Star Wars podcaster anymore. Um, I mean, I, and, and when I say know them, like 10 years ago, I knew most of them well, like enough that we would, again, bounce yeah. around each other's shows. Um, but now I couldn't even like tell you. I mean, I swear, it seems like every week, like I'm getting followed by a new person with a podcast. <laughs> it's just like, okay, like this is the next of hundreds of shows, right? And I think, and again, like that is, you know, when I when I own the fact of like there is that little bit of competitive edge in me, you know, that that shows in our numbers, right? Our numbers aren't what they used to be a couple of years ago. Um, and you know, there can be so many reasons. I mean, Hey, people may have just gotten sick of listening to me and I, I'm whatever. I hear that. (laughs) Um, but, uh, (laughs) but I think there's just the market is so saturated, right? Just to use language like that. I mean, if, and, and you know, it's, it's the whole, uh, you know, it, it's actually, you know, it's kind of interesting if I think about it in the model of, just thinking of like specialty shops. Let's take something we all love as Star Wars fans. Toys R Us. Toys R Us doesn't exist anymore. Why doesn't Toys R Us exist yeah. anymore? I'm sure there's lots of reasons, but I think the biggest reason is a thing called Amazon and Target and Walmart, right? I love Amazon. I love Target and I love, well, I don't really go to Walmart because there's, there's none around me. But, you know, does Amazon do some pretty shady stuff? You're damn right they do. And um, But is it super convenient and cheap? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you think of how like, you know, the, and like, you know, I live in Boston and, and, and obviously, right. It's a very, it's, it's a very liberal indie state. And, um, you know, here people really push anti-corporation, which, which I get, like, there's a lot of that in my own sentimentality, 
But if you think about Star Wars podcasting, it's funny because it's like, well, this is this is the opposite of that, right? In the early days, it was just the Force cast and maybe one other show. It was, you know, and and I think that also bred a certain level of entitlement to some to some some of these older guard um, as well, which isn't so great. And and I'm sure I have a level of entitlement to me, I mean, but um, you know, I think one of the big positives though is, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm going to give a shout out just because I'm, I'm thinking of this specific episode they just put out, but the podcast, What the Force, you know, Marie Claire over there is such a brilliant mind about um, uh, mythology and symbol, and she's done a lot of studies on it. She's incredibly brilliant, and she knows a lot of people that know that stuff, so she brings them onto the show to give this voice to the Star Wars experience I never knew about, but I've always been curious about, right? So, like, that's really great. So, this this expanding community is also giving you all sorts of different avenues, right? Riley, like we were talking about earlier, like in the early days of podcasts, you just looked, is there a Star Wars podcast? And it's like, oh, wow, look at it. There's like 10 of them. This is so cool. But now it's like, is there a Star Wars podcast about the Jedi, about the novels, about the Legends novels, about symbology and mythology in Star Wars, you know, this, that, or the other thing. I mean, there's there are so many different niche podcasts so again like i think that's something that's really quite wonderful yeah. um <clears throat> i recently i, I keep i will stumble across new sub facets of star wars fandom that still blow my mind literally just most recently i i've been this year i've gotten kind of fully back into my lego star wars fandom mm, and like nice. lego star wars is its own like very well-developed community, um, particularly on YouTube. Uh, and so, but I've been like watching the YouTube reviews. I, I did like a, a, the biggest, uh, the biggest happy birthday to me purchase I've ever made, which is categorically irresponsible was the ultimate collector series, millennium Falcon <laughs> Lego edition. <laughs> and but I, thing. it's, it's ridiculous. It's the largest Lego set ever made. It's like 7,500 pieces. It's like three feet wide. It's cr- ridiculous. I love it. I've, it is my white whale of star. And I'm not even <laughs> a huge star Wars collector, but that's been something that I have ever since it came out like six years ago that I've been after. Um, but I, I finally kind of like in I, I've sort of had this recent um, and maybe this maybe this lifts the conversation a little bit. Hopefully, <laughs> I've had this kind of recent um, uh, I don't know pilgrimage of sorts of like trying to carve out and find different types of creative outlets for my Star Wars fandom, and like a big part of that has been. Um, getting back into the the music and uh, getting more back into playing guitar and piano, which I've done for many years. But like, uh, and then the other part is honestly like the Lego side of things. I've been having a blast just sort of getting into Star Wars Lego and some of the community and the, the reviews of the various sets and like keeping up with which sets coming out when, like I've, I've never been that guy, but like, I, I know that I know the sort of, 2021 and 2022 release calendar of the upcoming Lego Star Wars sets and which ones I'm like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. And then like, I'm getting strong opinions like, oh, this series is crap, man. I can't believe they're still <laughs> doing those like the helmet model sets. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, I'm like, who is this person? But I've, I've just become that guy when it comes to like this weirdly nerdy part of my Star Wars fandom. Uh, Riley, just be careful in that, that, that subset because that's an expensive part of the <laughs> hobby. It's very expensive. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. There was listen. It was. I'll put it this way. It was. It took some time. It was budgeted for, but conversations were had. I'm a married man, so there there were conversations <laughs> to make sure the uh, the timing and the budget was uh, was agreed upon. Because that's not exactly something. Just pro tip uh, for anybody who you're looking to be in a relationship. Don't drop a giant Lego purchase on your significant other without telling them. <laughs> it's enough money to wear. <laughs> like, you spent this on what? <laughs> so there you go. Well, to, to kind of start to bring the, the conversation to a close, because I know we could go on and on about so much of this stuff. Um, but Riley, you know, what are you thinking about as the sunset approaches for the stars report? You know, what's been on your mind? What, you know, where are you at? It's, it's, yeah, well, it's bittersweet. Like I wasn't sure I was actually just going to kind of end it. And then Bruce, my, my, one of my best buds, Bruce Gibson has been involved with the show, co-hosted for many years, produced it for many years. Um, kind of kept it alive when I first went active duty in the military and wasn't able to do it as regularly. Like he's, he's the guy who's kept Star Wars alive for a while. And when I was talking to him about it. He's like, dude, you got. You can't just go. Out, you got to do a countdown. Like you, you alluded to it. Like the old Star Wars tonight. I'd always do daily shows in the final thirty days leading up to a new Star Wars release. That is to this day the most creatively rewarding Star Wars project I've ever done. Is those countdown shows. It was so much fun. Everyone was always hyped for the new movie. It was my excuse to talk to all of my Star Wars friends in the lead up. It, it's always infinitely more fun and i will swear by this than reviewing the movie afterwards <laughs> especially in the age of, like social media where everyone's already sort of like got their hot takes right off no the speculation and excitement and conversation in those final 30 days leading up to a star wars movie release is some of the most fun i'll have but so but to answer your question it is it is bittersweet carl it, in that um i i thought about closing it but bruce was the guy who's like nope countdown just like just like the old days um, so we're currently on like episode, I don't even know what F four seventy two. I want to say four seventy three. We're counting down for we got about twenty five more episodes until episode five hundred and one, five oh first. We're gonna end the Star Wars report on episode five hundred and one, and so all of the all, we're we're gonna get a lot of the the greatest hits. Go out with a bang. Talk to a lot of the best friends of the show over the years. Uh, you guys are definitely going to be on the invite list um, as we count down to the the final episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. And and that part when he when I kind of came up with that plan, it felt good. It wasn't pod fading, wasn't kind of fizzling out. It was like going out with an intentionality and me wanting having the effort of like who I want to be on the show again before I close it up uh, and we close up shop uh, for the for the. Uh, for the future of, of Star Wars podcasting. But yeah, it was, it was kind of weird and bittersweet, not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I know. It is pretty strange having you out there. <laughs> yeah. I'll I mean, still be around. I you mean, won't find me on Twitter, but I'll still be around. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I, you guys do, um, do you guys have like a Wampus Lair Discord? I know we're recording on Discord. We do. So, it, so, we, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we, like I, we I, don't I, use it at all. I'm going to jump on y'all's Discord. Yeah, we, we don't, don't use it very much. It's yes. our Patreon Discord, but yeah, but we um, get back onto that. We should. 
because I've seen some other shows that have gone to Discord servers for conversations to to avoid the social media, and you know, it, it's it it's nice that like again like in those earlier days when you had the smaller numbers and you you, you know again you had less choices of what to listen to, but. We had a lot of people, everybody that interacted with us on social media interacted because they listened to the show, right? They, we yeah. shared something on, the, on in an episode. They're like, oh yeah, like it made me think of this or, right? So the conversations were always around that. That's very infrequent now, right? Like it's very apparent. Yeah. We have yeah. over 1,700 Twitter followers. We don't have that many people listening each week, not even close. <laughs> like, um, you know, those people, probably the majority of those people don't have never listened to the show. And, and to be fair, I follow some shows that I don't listen to um, and, and not be usually just because I don't have the time. <laughs> um, there's so many. And sure. I think I think something that I think and I, I feel like you both will probably agree with this. At the end of the day, all of our quibbles aside with where things have gone in the last 10 years, I think it's an incredible privilege, even just as a hobby, that we still get to come on on a regular basis, be it weekly or biweekly, talk about something we love deeply. And even if there's five people listening, that's five people who enjoy listening to us just be dorks about Star Wars, right? Like that's that's yeah. a privilege. That's so fun. And you know, the folks that have been with us, whether it was from day one or today's their first episode, which if this is, I don't know that they'll come back. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I think there is there is such a privilege for all of us. I think that, And I think that's important for every podcaster in general and Star Wars in specific to always keep in mind, you know, because I think we because of the way the social media is now attached to these to these performances, Riley. Um, yeah, it's easy to get lost in the numbers game. Um, sure. and, and it's actually really funny. I, the, the new, uh, high Republic, um, manga came out today and I started reading it and I'm not going to give any big spoilers here, but there's this really great Jedi wisdom line where somebody makes the comment about, it's not about how many you help. It's just about helping. Um, and right. And it was just it, like, what a great, what a great That's way true. to, to, to contend with, with a very performative world. And I, again, I think like you alluded to Riley, like this social media has changed that not just for star Wars, but it's just changed things. Right. So yeah. star Wars now exists in this world. And, you know, uh, you, when, when we talk about all these terrible things we see on the news, right. People are like, well, I don't remember that in my day. It's like, well, it's just cause never, not everybody had a camera in your day. Right. So now like yeah. every time something terrible yeah. happens, somebody usually catches it on camera. Right. Um, so it doesn't mean that the world is a worse place now. It's just that we're more exposed to it. Um, and, and I think the question you have to ask yourself is, is do I want to be part of that problem or not? <laughs> you know, and, yeah. um, in fact, I'll, I'll go this step further cause it's about damn time for some positivity. Like the world is objectively a better place, right? Like yeah. by the numbers, I, I'd say, um, and this applies to Star Wars fandom and the world, like regardless of what you see on the news or in social media, like human rights have progressed. There's less poverty. There's less starvation. Like it's still the problem. Like it's, it's still the curse of our human condition, but like objectively speaking, we have made huge strides in progress um, with equality, with, uh, with right, with like every kind of basic human right. And that's a good thing. And even like, if you look at something, it sounds kind of trivial to say, but like star Wars, like there's so many more star Wars stories being told. Mm Mm-hmm. Like we have this whole buffet of of Star Wars that um, 
is out there. Like right now, the sheer amount of Disney Plus shows, the High Republic, the novels, the the upcoming films that we've got. In fact, I think Star Wars free of the pressure of being the quote unquote Skywalker saga. Like whether it's this um the X Wing movie or the Obi Wan T V series, like I think that's gonna be some of the 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 greatest time to be a Star Wars fan. Um, as long as you don't get on Twitter and talk about it. Just just like just enjoy that stuff in your own home. Um uh, I, I guess if that if, if, does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. It does because we we need a sense of positivity, you know, and, and not everything has to be, you know, yes, it is important to take a stand um, on, on things uh, that are important to you, but not every uh, medium or every place that you interact needs to be the place for that stand. Sometimes yeah. you can just do something for the sheer fun of it. And right. honestly, that's, and that's what we're trying to do here. With so. your best friend, like you guys are two best friends, like we're talking about star Wars and it's so powerful. And that's like, here's I'll, just to illustrate this, to be crystal clear. I, 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 this is, this is like, if I were to in a nutshell, describe where I'm at with star Wars fandom is like, if you see a new episode of the bad batch or, or hell, you see the rise of Skywalker for the first time is your first thought to, to text your best star Wars friend and talk about this movie and this story that you've just experienced? Or is it to send a tweet about what your first hot take is so that you can get a lot of exposure? Um, like, that that should tell... And, and, and that's that's that sounds like I'm talking to you listening to this podcast right now. I probably sound very <laughs> aggressive. and But I, I think if survey your Star Wars fan experience... And check yourself. I've had to. That's that was me. I, I have many times gotten to the place where my instinct, not even my desire, I didn't want it to be this way, but like instinctually, I would like think, well, I should probably like, uh, uh, I, I should tweet out my quick reaction. The, the people probably want to know what I think. It's like I have I have this thing that people must hear. I have this opinion that must be shared with the world. It's important, and that's my first instinct, and it's a terrible instinct to have. Um, and that's sort of where I've, I've gotten with, um, star, like, even like I bought this crazy giant Lego set and instinctually I'm still in the place of like, well, I gotta share like updates on, um, Instagram as I bill it. And then I was like, oh wait, there's a reason I, I'm not on Instagram anymore. <laughs> and it's been this weirdly freeing experience as I've just like, after work each day, I come home and it's like this kind of cathartic, uh, you know, hours that I'll spend just kind of building my little Lego set. I'll, I, I'll, t- I even like. It forces me like, oh, I guess I could text a picture to Aaron. <laughs> he'd, he'd probably be into it. But it's like this weirdly different experience where I'm, where I'm literally forcing myself to make my Star Wars fandom be more deeply personal and more something shared with my immediate circle of friends. Like, and that's something that I've struggled with. Like, it's, this is not me preaching from the hills of like, and this is the best way to do it. Like, this is something that I've actually had to find some measure of intentionality um, uh, over the last you know, a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I really appreciate that perspective, Riley. And it's very clear how much you've thought about this and how reflective you've, you've been. And, and I can speak from experience and I, I don't mean this to sound harsh to you, Riley, but I do remember there was that period where you were 
Riley Blanton, Star Wars reporter. And, you know, at the conventions where it was like really important to you to, to get on that circuit. Yeah. And, 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 and again, I never like, it wasn't like a bad thing, but you know, that was, that was a very high priority to you. Um, and mm. it's really kind of neat to just see how in the last several years, like that's really gone to the wayside for you. Like you, you still do this thing that you love and you've reconnected with why you do it. It's because you love it, <laughs> you know? Um, and I don't mean that to be like, I hope you didn't take that as like me bashing yeah. on you, but no, I think I, I'm glad you said that. Cause I, I think it's better. We illustrate these, the growth or the, like my perspective on it now is better illustrated by lessons I've learned. And it makes me cast stones a little less quickly because, like, you've, uh, and that's where we talk about like being got honest. Like, like this, as t- uh, my original in- inspirers of Star Wars fandom, like the Force cast and then now Rebel Force Radio, like Jason Jimmy over the years have um, said very controversial and then, you know, outright things that I thoroughly disagree with. Um, and, but seeing the age of the internet reaction sort of like, uh, you know, sort of plant a flag and dogpile instead of critique what was said in the, in an era of um, like honest debate and like, Hey, I think you were wrong for this reason. In the way that you would like talk to a friend or text a friend of like, or no, well, let's start a petition or like, let's get revenge. And I think that, that you, you can't actually like, whether it's, whether it's you want to call out behavior or improve a community or something like that. It's it, that the only way to make that progress is actually talking about, the actual behavior or the actual issue at hand or the actual story itself or the debate that you're actually willing to have. And I think that's really important. It's something I've thought more and more about because there were times where like uh, comments would be said on, on any podcast, right? Hear a podcast or see a tweet or something like, oh, that's so backwards or that's so, oh, that's so sexist or I really disagree with that. <laughs> I'm so much better than that, right? Oh my god! And I, I, I was that guy. I was like the guy of like, well, it's a good thing that I and my, uh, in my <clears throat> online influencer platform have have maintained purity and haven't uh, said the wrong things or thought the wrong things because I think it's more important to like talk about and admit where you've gone wrong. And that's so I think it's it's better for. Uh, I'm glad you kind of identified that, Carl, because it's better for me to explicitly admit that that was a it was a defining part of my Star Wars podcasting experience for a lot of years. There, of like, it, it was it didn't eclipse it. I, I don't think I was fell into the full arrogance trap, but I definitely got into that point where the the Star Wars podcaster Riley identify, identity eclipsed the just like Star Wars fan Riley uh, for for many years there, and it's a trap that I think any of us can fall into. Hopefully, I'm I'm kind of talking around things a little bit. Hopefully, that kind of illustrates where I'm at these days. No, I I think that's uh, it made me think of another great little wisdom thing in this manga. Tr- trust me, you guys should all check out Ed- Edge of Balance or Dang it, I already forgot the title. Edge of something, Edge of the Sword. <laughs> I don't remember. Damn it, Edge of Tomorrow. Ed what? Edge of Tomorrow. No, no that's, that's a different movie. Is, yeah. um, <laughs> but anyway, there, but that, it is Edge of Balance. Edge of Balance. Edge of Balance. Yeah, there's a great line in there though about how. When you lose the ability to be self-reflective, that's when arrogance creeps in, um, right? When you, yeah. when you think you always know best and you can no longer reflect upon yourself, that's when arrogance starts to creep in. And I think – and I mean I'll, I'll own this for myself and, and say that I think some of those early guard folks have lost that ability. I'll just be very blunt and say that. I think that that time in the limelight – bred this level of entitlement 
that how dare you ever call us into question and the inability to have an honest an honest self-reflection on wow people are really saying some stuff here maybe i should think about this and yes sometimes things get blown way out of proportion but there was there was mm-hmm. a complete lack of self-reflection as a result and i think that's also a problem you know when people call you out for something that's clearly problematic and you just have to buckle down and dig your feet into the heel, you know, you got to dig your heels in. That's not a good way to go with things, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. and I, and I think that again, that's, that's not, that's not, um, unique to star Wars. I think that's a very real part of our culture, sadly, right now. Um, you know, that there is, uh, people are just so unwilling to, to reflect on the things that might make them, you know, a little less than they could be. And rather than just accepting well, like, well, you're right. Maybe I could be better about this. They double down on the wrong thing. <laughs> if that makes sense. Oh, I mean, but what it is, is people just have an innate sense that they don't want to admit when they're wrong. Sure. You know, absolutely. Or, or, or admit that, you know, maybe they could have thought about something in a different way or a, or a more constructive way or something like that. It's like, no, I did it. I said it. It's right. So how dare you question me on this? This is just a human thing. And it's like you said, it's not unique to Star Wars podcasting. Right. It's just it's a condition that every one of us homo sapiens uh, <laughs> has at some point in our lifetime. So <laughs> it's it's just, you know, it, and the ability to be able to recognize that and say, yeah, yeah, maybe I did mess up there or or whatever is is a humbling thing, but it's also something that makes you more impressive, I think, and 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 makes you more honest and uh, engaging. You know, yeah. rather than trying to strive to be the paragon of perfection and and purity, whatever that happens to be, and wherever you're at, saying, "Yeah, no, I messed up, and here's how I should do better," makes you. I think a bigger person and, and a more accessible person um, yeah. than, than the other side of that. So yeah. well said, well said. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so that said to just, you know, it, to kind of wrap, wrap things <laughs> up here um, again, like obviously this is something that we all have thought a lot about um, and, yes. and, and, yeah. and thought a lot about uh, there's a lot to be said here and I honestly would be really interested to hear what other folks in this, in the podcasting world are thinking about these things. Um, I, you know, Mm. again, I would say the, the consensus I still seem to get though, is most folks out there are really just trying to spread their love of star Wars, you know, um, more often than not, the toxicity just comes from the random troll sitting on their couch who doesn't, who doesn't bring anything to this community. Right. They don't, you know, the first thing they have to do when somebody posts anything is just be like, hey, remember how Last Jedi sucked? Or, hey, remember how Rise of Skywalker sucked? And it's just like, this has nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, you know, that was that was kind of the impetus for why Greg and I had that conversation last week about Luke Skywalker's as soon as they started posting those promos for the gallery episode. People are like, see, now that's my Luke Skywalker. F the other one. And it's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's grow up a little bit. <laughs> Let's just say you're really excited that you got this and talk about that rather than New- now you have to Carl, be nuances. Yeah. Nuance is really hard, Carl. Yes. And, and, <laughs> and so, right. Like 
I think it's important to own that for the, for the, again, for the podcasting community, I would say the majority of folks, and again, I don't know everybody, but the, the majority of interactions I've had is people just really love Star Wars and they want to help you love Star Wars more. I think there are some people out there where they've, you know, they've, the, the ego's just gotten too big and it, they get in their own way. Um, but I think at the end of the day, everyone really just wants to spread their love of Star Wars. Um, and, you know, I, yeah. so I think the majority of podcasters have that in their heart, right? That's, that's what, yeah. why else, why else would you devote time to doing something like this? If not for love, I mean, Um, as the communities evolved and 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 you know sides are drawn for different reasons, different political reasons, different like that. As as we've as the communities evolved, to your point, Carl, I think anyone who's been in this game for as long as we have and longer, even some of the shows we've been talking about, like has that love of Star Wars, and and the, you know, re- regardless of um how bad it seems to have gotten sometimes with online rhetoric. Um, and how tribal um, online fandom seems, it is important to recognize that in the grand scheme of things, it's still a minority of of Star Wars fandom. A minority of Star Wars fandom is active on on Twitter. A minority of Star Wars fans are podcasters. You know, it's it's important to uh, to, yeah. to remember that sometimes. That's a great point, Riley. It's a great point. Yeah, yeah. And I would say the majority of Star Wars podcasters are podcasting about it because they love it, you know? Yeah. Um, and and yeah. that doesn't mean they don't critique it because, you know, we've critiqued things over the years. And I think critique is important to something you love, right? Yeah. Um, but there's a big difference between critiquing and hating just for the sake of hating. Um, and I'm yeah, not aware of any podcasters that do that. I mean, I, maybe there are some, but I've never seen anybody be like, hey, l- l- listen to like, the forces with Joe Smith podcast over here. He just said, star Wars is the dumbest thing ever. And it's like, well, that, that's not a star Wars podcast then, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, you know, I think it, this is such an, in and of itself, a nuanced conversation. There's, there's so many layers. I've, I'm sure I've contradicted myself tonight talking about some of this, you know, I've made the point that there are a lot of star Wars podcasters who are competitive, but there's also a lot of star Wars podcasters that have love in their heart. And it, I think there's also just the reality of that we can all be both and right. Um, is, I can love star Wars true. so hard, but also it, and clearly the fact that I'm even aware of this is because it's chipped away at my own ego. I've noticed that there's a competitive side to star Wars 
because my ego has been hurt by that. Right. So as a result, it's like, Oh, well there's some mean podcasters out there. And it's like, yeah, but they also still love it. Like, and right. Yeah. We're always a little bit of a both and like we exist in the both and, you know, um, yeah. The, the, yeah. You know, what, well, it's I, so true. I still like, I, I I logged in. I don't know why. Like this week, I logged in because I was I was getting ready to cr- record with you guys, and I was uh, thinking podcast things. So I like checked I, my our, the like started to pour iTunes reviews. I was like, oh, I wonder if anyone left any reviews saying you know really nice things about me since you know the show's retiring. You know, maybe the people will be like, best luck. We'll miss you. And of course, like the the one I notice is like the person's like, yeah, it's not that good. <laughs> and and then I felt like immediately soul crushed. And I was like, how does this still happen to me? Like, I've been doing this for, t- you'd think I'd be impervious to it, but I'm not at all. Well, you know, oh. cause like right there, as Jason has indicated several times, we're human. And when, you know, when that happens, it hurts. It doesn't, I, I mean, I, I can only, I, I guess I shouldn't say for everybody, but at least speaking for myself, it hurts when somebody like leaves you that mean review. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, is what it is. I, I think there are so many Star Wars podcasts today. I don't even have to worry about mean reviews because people will just stop listening. I think they just move on. <laughs> so like, um, it's it's pretty simple now. It's like, oh, yeah. I don't like what he's saying. Turn it off. Now go find another one. There's a hundred of them. Um, so you know, and I, that's it, just, that updated in the last twenty four hours. So right. you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, to to just kind of bring it back home, it's you know, I think for all of us who've been doing this a long time, there is such a sense of, again, privilege, privileged that people have wanted to listen for this long, you know, cause let's be real. If literally no one listened, we'd probably stop, you know? And yeah, Jason and I've had this conversation several times over the years about like, you know, when we first started this, you know, all those years ago, we never anticipated an end date, but we never anticipated going this long. And, you know, I know for me, um, I think it's, it, it's just, I just really commend you Riley on the, the decision to, to let the sun set on, on this thing you've loved for so long. Same George Lucas did the same thing, right? Which it's a very hard process, but I know for myself, I know I'll stop doing this podcast either when Jason just says I've had enough of you or, um, <laughs> which I think is less likely to happen or when it just isn't fun anymore. Like if I'm not having fun doing yeah. this, that's when I'll stop. Um, yeah, you know, uh, and, and, and if that day ever comes, it won't probably be because I don't want to still do star Wars stuff with Jason. Um, but you can do that in a private way. It doesn't need to be a podcast, but when the podcast yeah. is, when the podcast isn't fun to me anymore, that's when I'll stop. Um, yeah. Or, yeah, or, for, or in your case, Riley, like, I'm not saying that that's what's happened for you. It doesn't sound like that's what's happened. It's life has just opened a whole new chapter, right? You are, you yeah. are leaving the, the Ewok, tree bright tree village with a great victory party but now comes the next stage of work in life right you're gonna go do a a new part of your professional life you're you're married now like you know your family dynamics have changed you know life is taking a whole new turn for you um you're luke skywalker walking away from this beautiful uh, party you started and now you get to do something new but equally challenging um and I hope that you have yeah. just as much fun with it as you have have had with doing Star Wars Report because you brought so much love to Star Wars for so many people for so long, you know, and, and we can testify to that, that 
Yes. Uh, I, I hope that you take that, that sense that sensibility with you, which I know you will, which is you have such a charism for the things that you love and the people that you love. And I think the next stage of your life is going to be very blessed with what you bring there. And I think the star Wars community will certainly grieve your active voice here, but will always be able to be thankful for all the seeds that you've scattered over all these many years. Oh, thanks, man. That's so yeah. sweet. I was a little choked up there. This is the thing ever. <laughs> I, I would say something, but Carl's, Carl, mm. what I had written down and said it better, so we're good. <laughs> well, join the party because I'm, I'm the king of like m- making these things last forever. So we've got whatever, 26 episodes left. So join the party. <laughs> I look forward to having you guys on the show where we will not, I promise, we'll, we'll actually talk more actual Star Wars things. No, I, uh, again, maybe as a, I got to get you guys on to talk Book of Boba Fett, I feel like, when it comes oh, out. Yeah. I think that's, that's got to be a thing. Be there for that, yeah. hardcore. Um, you know, I, I really appreciated this opportunity to just together, you know, the, the three of us have been, yeah. been at this. Well, the three of us have been at it since our day one, Riley. You were the. The one who helped make Star Wars, uh, you helped make the Wampus Lore even happen. Um, so it was. This was a great opportunity as as we approach our tenth year to kind of sit yeah. back and reflect on what this experience has been like for us. Um, yeah, and I hope if if you're still with us, almost two hours later as we've started, I hope that this has been <laughs> at least slightly insightful to you, even just to you know. And obviously, this is these are our perspectives. We are three specific yeah. type of people. You know, we are all in our Riley. I don't. Even, are you even thirty yet? <laughs> I just turned thirty. Okay, so we. I'm officially getting old now. Yeah, we Woo! are. We are three I dudes. Like officially, I can't be like the kid of my friend group anymore. Hopefully, <laughs> I've hopefully finally outgrown it. <laughs> no, your friend group is just getting older. You're always going to be the kid, Riley. Sorry, that's, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> but right. This is this has just been our our reflections on what that's like. And I'm sure other people will have different takes on this. Um, but you know, I, I really loved what you kind of said towards the start of the episode tonight, Riley, which is, you know, the breed of star Wars podcasters pre Disney, it's just a specific breed. You know, there's something special Mm -hmm. about that because at that point, Star Wars didn't have a big, bright future the way it does now. And not to say that it was something like, oh, Star Wars is dead. You knew it was never going to really go away. And especially for folks like us, it's never going to go away. Even if even if we were told tomorrow, there's never going to be a new Star Wars thing. Okay, I still there's so much to love. And and I remember in those early days when I was first doing online dating here in Boston and I just started the Wampus Lair and tried to use that as a weird flex, bro. And people would be like, how's there that much stuff to talk about Star Wars? And then when the Disney era started, they're like, oh, well, I guess there's new stuff now. I'm like, we don't need the new stuff. <laughs> you know? Um, right, that's so true. I still I still remember like the, the news topics that we would run down. Usually like it was uh, the cover art for a new book that's coming out in three months is reviewed and we like review th- and break down the cover art. That was the level of podcasting we were doing back then. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Yeah. I, you know, it was one of those things where, where the Revenge of the Sith had ended. We were getting Clone Wars, but nobody really knew exactly what that was yet. Um, and then we all were just like, but podcasts are a new thing, and I think I'd like that. Um, and and we kind of just decided to go ahead and 
do it anyway, even though we had no idea like how Star Wars was going to continue into the future, if it was going to really continue into the future, because at the time we had like maybe one season of Clone Wars out there and it was it was fun, but it wasn't anything spectacular like we got later on. So um but it was just like, all right, well we're gonna do it anyways and we we made our own content uh in a way that nobody has to really do anymore. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well it's so true. I will say that the Star Wars podcasts that have always drawn me and, and grabbed my attention, and this is still true today, are the folks though that just you know do. And this is the thing: is we're we're not unique at all anymore because there's a we are the most common model I would say of Star Wars podcasters. It's either doing what we do or the news shows, but I feel like even the news shows have become less and less prominent. You know, a lot a lot of shows will do news at the beginning, but. They're not focused just on news. Yeah. The majority of shows now are. It's just, you know, hey, I have this, you know, I was thinking about this with Star Wars. Now I'm going to do a podcast episode about it. And it's just like, I love that. Yeah. Because well, they're. Now it's, all, uh, now it's all moved to YouTube. We're all, we're all out of date at this point. It's all YouTube now. So. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the money is. Um, Catch the latest Star Wars theory yes. video. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean, but then you can balance that out with the wonderful stuff that Star Wars Explained does, you know? Um, so, you know, yeah, there's, there's, there, I, I it's all out there. Any of these things. <laughs> um, but I, I'm and, the old foodie who doesn't know any of these things. I just, I hear those names and I'm just like, who? <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> You're fine. Jason. Don't worry about it. Don't worry yeah. about it. You're, you're okay, good. good. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, Riley, thanks again for, for making time to come on here and, and having this very interesting conversation around the world of Star Wars podcasting. I think it was, it was helpful cathartic, to, to very think. Cathartic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was really helpful to hear some of the things that really stood out to you over the years. And it's, it's been yeah. such an, an honor to, to be your friend, to be, part of this network that you created um, and let us be part of, you know, I mean, if it weren't for you, those early days would have been a lot harder. And I, I don't think we would yeah. have, we wouldn't, it would have taken twice as long to garner any sort of interaction with, with listeners without being part of your network. Um, so you were, you're just like the, the cloners on Camino, you doubled, you know, you made everything happen twice as fast. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, <laughs> What's uh, what's the quote? I I love um the the prime minister's quote. I uh, of course I just blanked on it, but it's Lama, magnificent, Lama. aren't they? Thank you. Yes, and just march down there with the the music playing and just all right. Anyway, I'm just I've got the scene playing in my head now. That's all. You know, apologies. <laughs> is that the sign, Jens? I think that's the sign. I think so. Um, all right. Well, Riley, before we wrap things up here, um, we asked you to come up with a poll for us for next week's episode, and yes. you have a very fun poll for us. I I, I do. I, I actually I was very specific in my ask, and I was I'm not sure how social media friendly it is, but I feel like you could do um, toss in like. Um, 
a couple options for like a Facebook poll, but I wanted to go with this isn't a matchup, it's a poll. I want to know your, you listening to this podcast right now, you who stuck around for the last two hours, <laughs> of which I'm very impressed. Um, I want you to uh, say your most underrated Star Wars pod racer from The Phantom Menace. Now, as a kid of the generation where I played, I played on the PC version that Star Wars racer game over and over and over and over again. Memorized every single track. Tried every single different um, booster on every single different pod racer. There's a lot to choose from. In fact, I pulled up the Star Wars uh, Wikipedia page, because of course there's one, on all of the pod racers. It breaks down the pod racers by their name, home planet, their starting position, and the result in the race. And then each of their flags matched from the flag parade. <laughs> ridiculous. There's a bunch of options, but I want to like a couple of, the, I think the, 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 the top nominees have to be Alder Beto, Rats Terrell, Sebulba, Dudbolt, and Klieg Holdfast. I feel like, you know, and throw Gasgano in there. And yes, that's, I'm, I'm referencing the, um, I'm referencing the list here, but as a brief side note, someone once challenged me um, uh, at a basic training event at a small army base in Alabama. I was literally sitting watch board with another buddy of mine, and he knew I was a big Star Wars guy. I was like, I want you to name as many pod racers as you can. And I came up with like half a dozen. <laughs> so I say all that to say, I want to know the most underrated reason and, and why. And I'll tip my hat. I think it's the, it's the dude, what freaking uh, avoided uh, and circumvented Sebulba's flamethrowers, Gasgano. Mm-hmm. That's some real skill. And uh, let's not forget, he's the dude that actually finished in second. Everyone was cheering yeah. for a little nine-year-old kid, but one guy literally almost got burned alive and still finished second place, <laughs> and that's Gasgano. Um, who's the funkiest looking? He kind of looks like, um, uh, f- not Foden Bead. What's who are the announcers? Yeah, Foden, Foden Bead. Bead. Foden Bead, yeah. How, how did, I shouldn't have doubted myself for a second. Foden Bead, uh, he literally looks like a singular version of one of them. He's got the giant freaking long neck and big goggles. Uh, it's hilarious. So, anyway, Gazgana's my, my favorite. Hopefully, I didn't just tip the, uh, um, Hopefully I didn't just tip the scale, but oh, here's a little audio clip. They, because of course they have audio clips. If I click the right thing, uh, here let's pretend it, it went fine. Here we go. Wow, look at that! It's the galaxy famous Gazgano in his custom Ord Padrovia. <laughs> That's from the game. Because <laughs> <laughs> they got the same announcer dude to do like more audio for the Star Wars Racer game. So there you go. There's that little treat. Yeah, that's yeah, so oh my gosh. favorite underrated pod racer. And don't see Rats Terrell, he's a terrible dad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can't say that. He's dead now. Um, <laughs> that's why. If he cared about his family, he'd be a better pod racer. <laughs> all right, that's, a, that's a, all right. I'm out. I'm out. Riley's out. <laughs> Well, there you have it, y'all. There's our podcast. 
one. Yeah, there is our poll for you for for our next episode. Who is the most underrated episode one pod racer? Um, yes. So Riley, before we go, how can folks stay stay on top of Star Wars Report as as it nears its retirement? Yes, yes. Uh, best way to do it, because yeah, I don't have a, a Twitter or Instagram to plug. <laughs> See last two hour conversation. But what I do have uh, is uh, is the a Star Wars Report car. podcast as it continues. Just anywhere you listen to podcasts, um, subscribe and catch these uh, these final episodes. We've got some good guests that I'm working on lining up. I'm excited to kind of go out with a bang on the like longest lasting Ewok party ever. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Well, we look forward to, you know, seeing that come to the conclusion that you've designed it for and hope, you know, hopefully we'll be on there sooner rather than later. So, um, but yeah, looking forward to that and, uh, definitely looking forward to seeing how the next chapter of your journey takes shape. And it's been a, and you know, specifically, Riley, I think it'll be neat to see what your Star Wars experience is like a year out from retiring Star Wars report, you know, and, and not yeah. to say that I don't care about the rest of your life. Of course I do. But I think, you know, we know you because of Star Wars podcasting. That's how we've gotten to know you. That's the lens through which our friendship was built and has been sustained. And, you know, when they announce the next big Star Wars thing, um, you know, three years from now, whatever the heck that might be, you know, you're going to process it in a very different way. Now, granted, you're still going to always be connected to so many different things. I'm sure you could hop on something, but right. I think <laughs> your, your experience of star Wars is going to change. And I, 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 for one, I'm just kind of fascinated to see what that might look like, but I, I'll, I'll preface by saying, and I don't mean, cause I don't want to fill you with dread. You know, I'm not afraid. Well, you should be <laughs> um, <laughs> as Yoda would say. Uh, I, I think you've already started processing this right like you've you've withdrawn from from certain spaces that no longer feed your fandom like you have found ways to continue your love for star wars and i think that like you're already preparing yourself for this next step so but i'm just fascinated to think because like i i mean selfishly even just thinking for myself like what would it be like for me if i just decided to just be like you know what i'm I'm done doing a star wars podcast you know what would that what would that look like you know six months from now when i still love star wars but i don't get to performatively play it in this capacity so you know i say that as a point of um hopeful uh curiosity for what that's going to look like for you because i think it's going to be something great uh, you, you you really have showcased the amount of reflection you've brought to already bear. Um, so I, I just, I look forward to seeing what this is going to be like for you on the other side of it. So, um, well, I'll, I'll tag this in. I haven't talked about it publicly a lot, but here at the end of the show, here's, here's a promise. So um, I, my next phase of life starts early uh, next year. I head to Korea for a year. Uh, and that's where my Star Wars fandom will be express will be that'll be really interesting cultural experience, I'm sure. I've actually heard there's a pretty big like Comic Con in Seoul that I might try to go to. Nice. Um but uh, it'll be very life's gonna be real different next year. But I'll tell you what, like uh, after the end of that year, uh if you guys want to do a where are they now, <laughs> I'll come back <laughs> that'd and be report. great. Yeah. That'd be so fun. Yes. That'd be so fun. Yeah. Um, we should just do that with like all of our old podcast friends who who aren't around anymore. Carl, which is where are they now? No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. 
Um, but maybe not. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you, Riley, again for coming on uh, this episode. Um, and uh, Carl, if people want to weigh in on any of our rambling discussions, because, you know, that is what the three of us are good at um, when we get together is rambling introspective discussion. Um where can people get in contact with us? <laughs> well, as much as we just lambasted all night, uh, we are on Twitter at Wampas Lair, uh, and we have a, a, an Instagram, the underscore Wampas Lair. And you can always email us at Wampas Lair Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, anything else, gentlemen, before we close down this episode? May the force be with you. Always. Sounds good to me. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening to episode 436 of the Wampas Lair podcast. Most honorable Bothan. That's Riley, in case you were wondering. Um, For Carl and Riley, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampas Lair. Bye.